0: We interrupt our program to bring you this important message.
1: Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play?
0: You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled
1: to one good scare. Be afraid. No.
0: Be afraid. Be very
1: afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. Happy New Year, everybody, boys and girls, men and women of all ages who love horror. My bloody podcast is back. 2020, the year is 2020, and this our first podcast of 2020, episode 77. I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm here with my... Sea Creature of Love, Preston Barta, how are you?
0: Sea Creature of Love, I love that.
1: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing well. Good, 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 good. I'm glad you're doing well. Uh, I believe we all uh, watched a movie in the theater for the first time uh, yesterday. Ever. For, for, yeah, first time ever. No, first of the year, I think for all of us, uh, and it was a movie called Underwater, which will be our main event today, our main feature presentation. Uh, looking forward to talking and discussing it with you, but uh, Happy New Year, buddy! Happy
0: New Year, sir.
1: I really enjoyed our last podcast, our, um, our Best of 2019 with Mark Schaffordini and James Cole Clay. That was a good one.
0: Yeah, I I went back and listened to it and I showed it to my wife and she enjoyed
1: it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We got to talk. I, it's fun doing best of stuff because you kind of go through the year like, oh shit, I forgot about this movie. And yeah. then we can relive it.
0: <laughs> or you'll discover ones that you've never heard of before apparently take shelter.
1: Yeah, take shelter. How did I miss this one?
0: Yeah, we'll we'll keep checking in each week, make sure you put that in your eyeballs.
1: There there we go, there we go. Is it well, I'll watch it when you watch Black Summer, right?
0: Uh, okay Okay. that's but that's a that's a series versus
1: 90 minutes true 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 but it's a quick series um let's see here uh so you 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 survive the new years and the the holidays and everything barely did you get sick or something oh no my finger (laughs) oh yes the finger so I saw Preston last night. He's as handsome as ever. Uh, but he, I think he had a, a, an accident with his finger, which I don't know if it's sexual or not, but he's going to tell <laughs> us about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what movie? This is really crass, but what's that movie? when he, uh, He's like, oh, man, I, I, I damaged my my uh, P-U-S-S-Y finger. <laughs>
1: What? Why you can't say it? <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> man. <laughs> Why not? Is I, I leave a... I leave those I leave those words for you.
1: So what you're saying is if you have a cat, you sometimes you call it a pussy cat? Sure. My pussy finger. What movie is that? I know that movie.
0: I, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that. But, but that's it, immediately when it happened and I thought, "Oh, I'm going to bring this to Brian's attention." <laughs> I know exactly where his mind's going to go, <laughs> and you did not disappoint.
1: Which, yeah, I did not disappoint. <laughs> I yeah, he sent uh, Preston sent me a text of this, and I went oh, very sexual with it immediately. <laughs> he loved it. Um. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, I was putting together my son's gift from Santa. Spoiler, um, and it was a bicycle. And I was cutting the zip ties and we were putting this together at my uh, parent-in-law's and they were out of town and they didn't, I couldn't find any wire cutters and the scissors sucked because they're really thick zip ties. So I grabbed uh, a knife and then, um, yeah, it happened from that. So I was cutting this one last zip tie and then it hit my finger and then I looked down and I was like, Haley, my wife. Uh we need to go to the emergency room. And she's like, Is it that bad? And I was like I looked down, I was like, Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And so uh yeah, went to it was like ten at night on like December twenty third and uh care now places were all closed and so I was gonna have to pay out the ass for it. I haven't got the bill yet, so that'll be another horror story to tell. And uh yeah, I had to get four stitches. And the injections that to numb my finger hurt like a motherfucker. That was one of the worst pains I've had. And I've had stitches in my chin, and my mouth. But that one, like, it felt like she stuck the needle all the way down my pointer finger. It sucked so bad. Um, so she did it twice near the bottom of the, the finger and then um she started pricking my fingers she's like do you feel that And i was like uh yeah i kind of do and then without hesitation she just injected me twice more and then uh after that it felt i couldn't feel anything and so got it cleaned up four stitches went home and uh it was hard to uh do what i do with uh, no pointer finger, so I, I, I type all day, and that sucks.
1: Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else with that, doing what you do all day. <laughs> yeah, doing
0: what we do. Yep, yeah, it's the other hand. <laughs>
1: the other hand, we call that the stranger. Um. <laughs> uh. So, did you immediately know you cut yourself, or did you realize it when blood was dripping? No, around?
0: I knew. I knew it, and there was like even a moment in my head where right before I was about to cut it, and was like, you're not holding this in the best way. Why don't you uh, readjust? And I was like,
1: <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> happened anyway. It happened. Uh, so how much blood are we talking?
0: Uh, I, let's see. Haley put together like seven paper towels, and I bled through all of them. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Ooh, mayor. Um So I saw Preston's finger last night. It has a Frankensteinish look to it, which I'm sure he's happy about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it looked like a. Fra- I called it my Frankenstein finger when I actually had the stitches in there, and I had the stitches for about two weeks, and then uh, when I got them out, now it just feels like a dead finger. I was telling Brian last night, it just feels like a zombie finger. I can like rub my fingers, my other fingers over it, and it just. There's not much feeling there yet.
1: Oh, my. So, well, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad it wasn't... It could have been worse, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> could have uh, been worse. Uh, so, that's probably the worst pain you've had in a long-ass time, huh? Or ever?
0: Uh, no, I'm, I've had some pretty gnarly things happen to me in my day. Uh, Somebody jumping off a bridge and landing on me and... Uh, got in a longboard accident. That's where I got the stitches on my chin. So yeah, we could do this whole Jaws story, which perfectly leads us into our first story of the the week. Um, but yeah. anyway,
1: no, yeah, but, yeah. No, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad. I'm uh, happy New Year. I'm glad we're back doing this for another year. Uh, and uh, yeah, let let's let's get into this, shall we?
0: Yes, uh, or or not? This one's very.
1: This first one's very disappointing. It is. Well, you know. Okay, so to to start this out, uh, before we start this story, take this with a quarter fraction of a quarter grain of salt. Um, <laughs> the only. Uh, outlet reporting this is a terrible, awful, horrible website called We Got This Covered. Don't believe anything <laughs> I, I, it, they say. It's
0: so funny that you say that because we've we've had a guy on on our podcast, who who writes from them.
1: Yeah, well, it's still terrible. It's the only outlet that has reporting this. Uh, But if you go look at all of the comments about this story, they all say the same thing. But yeah, we got this covered terrible. Not a reputable news source by any means. However, we got this covered has said that their sources, in air quotations, whatever they may be, I don't believe it, say that Universal Pictures is reportedly planning to remake Jaws and that Steven Spielberg might produce it, um, which, this is horrible, like, is nothing sacred? But, I mean, so couple years ago, and it's been known, a fact, an interview, Steven Spielberg says, I will never, ever mm-hmm. do another Jaws, I will never remake Jaws, I don't want to be a part of it, whatever. So this story comes out, and legitimately, this is the only outlet reporting it. I don't believe it for a second, but I want to bring it up because it brings a bigger question. Why would anybody want to remake? Like, there's certain movies, well, there's a lot of movies you shouldn't remake.
0: Like The Godfather?
1: Correct. But I think Jaws is one of them. Because I think if they remake it today, it's going to be awful, terrible, and nobody wants to see it. And then even we got this covered reports that they're eyeing Andy Muschietti, who did It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. This just seems like an April Fool's joke in January. But, Preston, what do you think?
0: Oh, I think it's. I think if it's true, uh, this is my nightmare. Because <laughs> Jaws is probably my all-time favorite movie. Um, and yeah, just as you said, and just as many people have said over the past couple of decades since uh, it, the franchise laid to rest in 1987 with the fourth one, uh, if they ever remade this, especially after uh special effects started coming into the picture and probably would have solved all the headaches that steven spielberg had but ultimately thank you so much spielberg yeah i mean it's it's not good uh i would not want that to happen at all i i'd be we'd be better off having more meg films
1: well i'm i'm trying to figure out like we got this covered. Who is this source they're talking about? Is it like somebody who works next door to Universal Studios and you overheard somebody like, oh, yeah, of course they want to do Jaws, but they're never going to. I don't know. This just seems weird. Um, yeah,
0: because they don't they don't specify. All they say is just given this comes to us from the same sources who told us about Bill Murray returning to Ghostbusters and the Scream reboot and the works, Swamp Movie and development, all of which now are confirmed.
1: All right. I don't I don't know. Um I just think come on, really Andy Muschietti going to remake Jaws? I mean, no? No. <laughs> um and by remaking any part of Jaws, I just it just doesn't make sense. Um and why would you do it? And I mean, let's say you're a filmmaker and you make this amazing movie and then 40 years later they like oh hey we want to remake it terribly and we want you to be a part of it like wouldn't you say no
0: yeah i would say no um uh, i i think i would um in, in this case they'd be better off remake uh, remaking the sequel <laughs>
1: <laughs> jaws
0: 2 3 or 4 um see i I, I kind of like appreciate all of them, and I think the third one's the worst one. But um, now, nah, just go ahead and start from two, because uh, I I didn't like how they treated Brody with this kind of like backtrack on his character. I didn't appreciate that, so I would want something else.
1: Well, there you go, folks. Um, Jaws, maybe, maybe not. Let's hope not. There's just. Most movies should not be remade. Um, I'm going to say 90 Is there any
0: director that would have you more enticed?
1: Oh, um... <laughs> I mean, there would be a lot of people that I would like to see take on Jaws, like I would like to see Edgar Wright's take on Jaws. I would like to see Tarantino's take on Jaws. I would like to see Grimaldo Del Toro's take on Jaws. Um... I would like to see Paul Thomas Anderson's take on jaws. Uh but do I actually want them to do it? Not really. Um you know, I think those I mean off the top of my head that's where I go. Um
0: Yeah, you listed all the ones that I'd probably be most interested in too, but uh <laughs> yeah, uh, best left in the
1: head. Yeah, best left to in the head or like, you know, I, yeah, I, uh, I don't I don't I don't know. Um, I just think that <laughs> this is ridiculous, and I do believe if Universal actually went through with this and made a Jaws uh, remake, everybody would be super pissed and not happy about it. And I think it would be a horrible, awful um, remake with no uh, because because the thing with Jaws is there's so much depth to it, and they're just not going to get that today. Yeah. So it, and that's
0: that's the area that I thought Paul Thomas Anderson would be best for.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um I would like this yeah, you we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Oh my god, can you imagine Daniel Day Lewis and <laughs> Jaws? Yeah. He, he, Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> plays the shark. <laughs> yeah. I drink your boat. <laughs> I drink it up. Uh goodness. Alright, so let's move on from this monstrosity. Uh If we'll report back to you next week, if any other outlet talks about this, but as of right now, it's only, we got this covered or whatever. Is it kind of funny that
0: like nobody else is really sharing
1: that? No. Well, I think that everybody believes it's bullshit. (laughs) And with all the comments on that story from we got this covered every pretty much everybody says that site is full of shit and always post stuff like that. So that Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense. So, yeah, there you go. All right. I just I just thought it would be fun to start out with because like it would be a horrifying thing if it was true. (laughs) Yeah. You know. All right. So let's move on. So, um. We talked about, and we're going to talk about it uh, later on the show, that Underwater, the new horror movie out, was our first film of the year, but actually there was a horror movie that came out prior to this, like the first couple days of the new year, which was the remake of the remake of the remake of The Grudge, Um, and they did not screen it for critics at all. Um, It was the first horror film of 2020, and they didn't screen it, and uh probably because it was absolutely horrendous and by by looking at the reviews and everything it looks like it's the worst movie ever made um why do you think the grudge uh in 2020 is that terrible and why did they not screen it for critics why did they even make it press and what are your theories on this
0: um it's no good rest my case <laughs> <laughs>
1: um
0: um I don't know. It was a lot of talk and I felt like they did some cool stuff with the marketing I like the poster thing that they did where he has actual hair dangling from the poster in the shower. But, um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't really dive too much into the trailer just cause I just felt like I was going to shrug this off anyway. Um, but I think when the news like first broke and there was just some images, I think we were, I think you were just upset and then I was maybe a little more optimistic, but I think once I started seeing like a few more things from it, uh, I just kind of erased it from my mind. And then after, uh, they announced that or not really announced, we just kind of found out that they weren't going to screen it for critics. I was like, I'm not going to even bother. Um, even though I have mentioned before that, you know, they didn't screen crawl for at least critics in our area in Texas, Um, That movie ended up being quite good, but as it turns out with this one, which I think it's currently 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, yeah, I'm just, I have no interest in seeing it. I don't, would you, are you going to watch it on disc at all, or are you just going to completely just uh, dismiss it?
1: No, I'm definitely down to give it a shot. I give anything a shot, really. I'd like to think that I do. Um, but yeah, I wanna I wanna check it out just so I can be part of the conversation. Like why did why was this happening?
0: That's how I felt about it with cats, but yet none of y'all went to go see it with
1: <laughs> And I'm actually um, kinda glad
0: I went to go see it just so I could be one of those naysayers that had naysayers. so much fun making fun of it.
1: Yes, yes. Well I seen the trailer for cats. <laughs> Um, so yeah Grudge 2020 if any of you have seen it please let us know Um, we'd like to hear your thoughts on it but again you know this was a Japanese horror film called Juon and then they remade it with Sarah Michelle Gellar which wasn't my favorite movie but it was actually it had a lot of good things going for it and then it seems like they just kind of snuck this out like they're just like we're remaking it for no apparent reason And we're just going to release it the first day of 2020, and nobody saw it. And um, there you go. Weird. Weird to me. But there we go. Moving on to a bit of uh, better news, which I know Preston's excited about because I know he's a fan of this show. Uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, Season 3, getting trailers and posters. It looks crazy. Hell is with us. Uh, Preston, are you excited? What do you think about this Season 3?
0: Um, yeah, uh, I guess the latest thing that released was a music video, uh, with trailer clips, or I guess just little stuff throughout the season, which seems fun. Uh, for those, I'm sorry, Brian, if you ever plan to watch the show, but now they're in hell. Um, so she is in hell now. And then the, the season, this new season will capitalize a little bit more on the character of Satan. So uh, yeah, I'm all in for this season. I think this is a great territory for them to even get darker with it, which is something that I've said uh, when I've recommended it before. I don't, I don't know if I brought up the second season at all, but at least that um, first season, I was I, I appreciated how dark it got. Like it really got dark. Um, some moments that are just like the. The, the, the living deliciously kind of moment from uh, the witch and so um yeah it's pretty balanced but it does have it's like teeny boppy kind of stuff like i mean it's made from the same people who do riverdale um so uh, maybe that's why my wife appreciates it she likes that show too <laughs> but uh it, it's it's one that we can watch together because it's a good mix of both of our uh, tastes So uh, yeah, I'm excited for this season It's not like a Oh my god, it's so good It's just kind of like comfort uh, Viewing But it's a,
1: it's, it's a far cry From the show with Melissa Joan Hart where Oh it was hell like a yeah. Sitcom. It, yeah It's, it's it, actually got production value And darker territory yeah, yeah. really
0: complex uh, Characters and some Yeah, just some dark avenues That are Fun to explore.
1: Sweet. So, yeah, Sabrina's the Teenage Witch Season 3, I'm sure we will be talking about The Chilling that. Adventures of yes. Sabrina. Yes, the Chilling Adventures. Uh, yeah, check it out. I'm sure uh, Preston at least will be watching it. I might uh, yeah, dive yeah. into that uh, to talk about it throughout the, the season when it comes on. It's uh, Netflix when?
0: 24th of January.
1: There so you go. So not too long. There you go. Um, speaking of Netflix... Uh, there's a new show that came on this year uh, Like last week And it's Dracula It's a Dracula TV show that takes place That people are talking about uh, So the question I Because uh, I haven't watched it yet But maybe Preston has watched a little bit of it But should you be watching this Dracula show On Netflix?
0: Uh, I haven't started it yet I think there's three episodes that are available I know it's it's a like a BBC uh, Show But Netflix picked it up for over here, um, but of what I've seen in the trailer, uh, I'm excited about it, and I like that that actor. I can't really think uh, what's his name, Klaus Spang or something like that. Uh, he's in one of my favorite movies of the decade, The Square. Um, so I've, I I've often thought, like when I was watching that movie, I was like, he'd make a really good Dracula. He has that kind of uh, Dracula like characteristics and so it's kind of cool it just seems like perfect casting um and it seems like it's going down dark avenues as well so um yeah i'm all for it i'm gonna try to watch it when i can i've just been rolling through so many tv shows lately that i needed to pause a little bit and watch some uh shitty movies
1: there you go there you go um I'm I'm very curious because I'm a big fan of Dracula and the old school Universal monsters, and they just look like they spent a lot of time on this. And if it's coming from the BBC, same people who did like Sherlock, they really know how to tell a story um, and keep you interested. Uh, and I, you know, yeah, it I,
0: seems dark and moody versus something like uh, that that mid two thousands Van Helsing.
1: Right, no, I think this is the closest thing we're getting to Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula Mm -hmm. Um, since that movie. I think it's like the same time period and kind of like the romantic and then horror uh, aspect of it all mixed in is what it looks like. So, um, yeah, no, I'm very interested in this, and I think they'll probably count me in. I just haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. Yeah. So should you be watching it? Yes, you all should be watching this, because Dracula is good Dracula. Um, Let's move on to another universal monster, uh, Frankenstein, uh, Mel Brooks. He hasn't made a movie in 30 years, basically, since I think, actually, Dracula dead and loving it. However, he um, is going to be producing the live young frankenstein musical for abc so you know how abc nbc all those networks try to do these live uh remakes of television sitcoms or musicals for the past few years and people seem to watch it this one just actually has my attention because it's young frankenstein uh and then mel brooks is coming to it uh unfortunately you know gene wilder and the guy who played young frankenstein uh, passed away which is very sad so but uh, I am I will actually I think try to watch this just because I'm such a big fan of Young Frankenstein it's going to be called Young Frankenstein Live and Mel Brooks will be producing it uh, I'm in I'm in I what do you think Preston have you seen this movie
0: uh, yeah I have seen the movie um, yeah this is more exciting than some of the other ones that they've been doing like Grease and Sound of Music and Little Mermaid. Um, yeah, this is probably one of the few that I'll watch of that that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. I'm, um, I'm glad that Mel Brooks is back on. And if he thinks it's worth telling again in this particular format, then sure.
1: It does not say when this will be aired, but it is going to happen, I would imagine, this year. Um, probably like around
0: Halloween or something.
1: Oh, I guess, yeah, this fall, it's its next live musical event. So there you go. Um, Yeah, I would imagine around the house. This will be good, I think. I I look forward to this. Yeah, Uh, I'm looking
0: forward to the casting.
1: Yeah, me too. Like, it's going to be very, I mean, Marty Feldman. (laughs) Who are we going to get for that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right, so uh, let's move on uh, down the list. So, uh, Walking Dead, does anybody watch Walking Dead anymore? No, nobody watches Walking Dead anymore. <laughs> However, there is a Walking Dead movie coming out that will star Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes. You know, the the Rick Grimes from the TV show. Uh, so, I, how, why, why is this happening? Do we need more Walking Dead? I don't know because, the I mean, the comic book is so good. They're the worse first...
0: than Star Wars at this point.
1: They are. They just. They had so many showrunners, and people were ruining. I don't know. So, I. It, it's just become a horrible mess of a TV show and storylines and everything. And now there's going to be a big movie coming out. Uh, Preston, what do we think about this? I mean, I watch them because I have to review them for Blu-ray. But I mean, I used to be a huge fan. I stuck with it longer than most. Uh, but now you just—it's just very difficult to get into this world again. So, what do you think?
0: Uh, I'm not interested. Uh, I, I gave up on the show a long time ago, and I don't really care. Um, unless it, it, have they announced like anything about like who might be directing it? Is it going to be a new vision at all? Is it going to be a continuation of the show? Do you know anything?
1: Yes, so I know the scale is going to be huge, the budget is gigantic, Uh, everything's going to be heightened uh, from what the showrunner says, Um, and it's, uh, they're going in, what they say is they're going in some wild new directions, and they're trying to be very deliberate and deliver something very new uh, with a brand new world. Um, so they're trying to deliver something to the fans that's special and worth their time at the movies. So you're all talk, but can you back that up? Like, it's, that sounds good to me. However, I mean, I like that you're bringing back Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes. I like that character. Uh, however, like, what are we gonna do here? Like they said, they're exploring a new corner of the zombie apocalypse. So I don't know where exactly where they could go here. I don't know if they're gonna tie in anything from a comic book or because the 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 genre the market is so oversaturated with different zombie things. Um, I don't know exactly where or what they could do that would be new, a new world or whatever, you know. Like, I don't know if they would go somewhere like Shaun of the Dead or even Land of the Dead from George Romero where they try to, like, zombies start communicating and they can use them for, you know, medial tasks or something like that. I don't know. Uh, It just says they're going in brand new wild directions. It's going to be a very big budget. Uh, Psh. Yeah, I don't know, I. but it doesn't look like to be tied in directly to the TV show, maybe with some same characters, but I'm willing to give it a shot, like, for those of you who watch Walking Dead, I highly recommend going to a bookstore, your comic book store, half price books even, and buying the trades to these Walking Dead issues, because they're so good in there, it's almost a far cry from the TV show. Um, it's, it's a bit different, but there it's an excellent read and super scary and realistic. Uh, but yeah, as these seasons gone on from AMC, they've just fallen off the bandwagon, jumped the shark, the jaw shark. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say, but, uh, yeah, this movie, does anybody want it? I don't think so. I guess in how they market it and what they do, but Preston, you're just out no matter what, right?
0: Um, It just, I'll give the the trailer a shot at least. (laughs) So, uh, we'll, we'll see from there. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of talk. Um, I mean, I believe James Cameron when he was talking about the new Terminator movie and about it being a new vision, it it was the same shit.
1: I I was the one that was like, it's going to be the same shit. Yeah. Uh, Oh my God. Terrible. Um, Okay, so yeah, uh Walking Dead movie, we'll see what they do. I don't know. I, my mind is open for it uh if they're trying to do something new good for them. Uh let me see it. But I my I my my pessimism is at an all-time high for it. <laughs> Uh, but moving on, a uh, little bit of Scream Factory news. I feel like we haven't talked, talked about Scream Factory in a while. Scream Factory that makes all the sweet Collector's Edition Blu-ray releases. They have announced an Escape from L.A. Not Escape from New York, the sequel, though. Escape from L.A. starring Kurt Russell and co-starring Bruce Campbell at some point. Uh will be in Collector's Edition Blu-ray form and will be loaded with new extras. Very excited about this. New extras, does that mean we get... Um, I mean, I'm hoping loaded with new extras means John Carpenter and Kurt Russell type stuff, but I imagine it's going to be more like producers, writers, and, uh, visual effects people, which is still fine, but all new extras and new interviews, which is usually their forte in Scream Factory, very excited. It comes out April 28th, 2020, uh, artwork of course is always good and fun. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, what do you think? I know you're, you're probably excited about this.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for those extras. I'm sure John Carpenter will come back to do interviews. He's been on most of the interviews or the ex- in the extras of the films that screen factory has been putting out of his. So, um, I think we can anticipate that. Um, I don't think the movie's that great, but, um, uh, yeah, I just like that that particular world, and I'd like just to hear about the making of the movie, and um, and just to hear John Carpenter be brutally honest about uh, making that film, and like what sorts of pressures he felt, and if it was strictly money reasons, and yada yada yada. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that, and I, no matter if John Carpenter's film is good or bad, I've been collecting them all. So, I just appreciate that Stream Factory is trying to make a point to be consistent with the aesthetic look of the Blu rays and that they're trying to do all the films within that collection, whatever it is. So, yeah, for sure. That's cool.
1: For sure. Um, I am. Uh, I'm, I- I like I like John Carpenter. I there, I said it. <laughs> and of course, we all like John Carpenter. Was that really right? hard to say? No, but like most people would say like I like early John Carpenter and like once he gets into like the mid to late 90s through The yeah. ward or whatever, like oh he I love out. John
0: Carpenter pre uh in Mouth of Madness or what something. Yeah.
1: But it's I liked it in The Mouth of Madness though. I love that movie. Um and I like this movie. I like Escape from LA. Like this movie came out in the late or mid to late 90s and I remember seeing it in the theater. Uh and I liked it. I mean Bruce Campbell is on the front cover of this uh collector's edition Blu-ray and I'm very excited about that. Um and I mean you won't recognize that it's him but it is him. Uh and you get to see um And it's funny that Kurt Russell is on the cover of this three times, (laughs) which is really funny. He's flying, he's got a gun, and he's being operated on by, uh, or being checked over by Bruce Campbell. It's pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, I, I am excited April 28th. 2020 escape from la i'm sure we will have a big to-do feature about this uh in april at some point so i'm looking forward to it um is there anything else before we move on to our next topic our next segment this week uh that you want to bring up real quickly
0: uh i don't believe so i watched the trailer for that Lock and key and i don't think it looks that good so that's that
1: Yeah, there is that. So, Lock and Key, another comic book uh, done by Joe Hill. um, And it's a great comic book. And they've been trying to get this TV slash movie made forever. uh, And it's finally coming out. So, we'll see. Preston says, trailer not so good, but uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Um, And usually at this time, we would do a Mondo uh, record. And compare it to the original. We're going to save that for next week. Uh, so keep uh, keep us in mind for you record hounds. We will be back next week for that. But um, let's do some... But in in addition to that, let's do Bloody Tunes. Our our, our new favorite segment on the show where we pick uh, a song in relation to our main feature presentation. Which is this week Underwater. We're going to talk about the song you need to listen to. You need to buy on iTunes on vinyl download it somehow. Uh, Preston, what is your bloody tune this week?
0: Can I ask to go last? Because that's going to perfectly move over, transition us into the bloody recommendation of the week for me.
1: Then let's do that. Yeah, you can go. Next, I will do mine. Um, So, my bloody tune of the week, I doubt you've heard it, but... For those of you who have, you'll probably laugh and love it. And you probably have listened to it many times before, but it comes in the form of the artist Rocky Erickson. sadly passed away recently. Um, Rocky Erickson known for being just an excellent singer-songwriter into the punk uh, rock, hard rock type stuff. But this song is called Bermuda um, and it's off his Halloween album. Uh, Rocky Erickson and the Explosive, Halloween, recorded live from 1979 to 1981. This album is all about Halloween songs, featuring songs such as Two-Headed Dog and uh, I Walk With a Zombie. Great, fantastic songs. But this song, Bermuda, is about going to the Bermuda Triangle and finding some evil, evil stuff there from... Eat, like they call it the devil, he calls it the devil's triangle, and you will be lost there and die. And do you actually want to go to it? And but that's just the way it is in Bermuda. It's such a good, fun, kind of kicking hard rock song, uh, and it's actually really scary. And I think that ties perfectly in with underwater because, uh, yeah. There's some crazy stuff happening in Underwater and crazy stuff happening in this song. And you know what? Being the horror hound that I am, impression is, I just want to ask, if we had an all-expense-paid trip on a cruise to the Bermuda Triangle, would you want to go? A cruise? <laughs> a cruise? I, We're taking a cruise! Uh,
0: Yeah, I wouldn't jump on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, no. I mean, my... my my uh, favorite and the movie that I'm most afraid of, Jaws. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be in the water.
1: <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, yeah, no for him. Bermuda, Rocky Erickson. Check out this entire album. Uh, the Just type in Rocky Erickson Halloween. It'll come up. Uh, it's fantastic. It's a wonderful uh, album full of excellent Fun, scary Halloween songs. Uh, do it, do it, do it. Bermuda. So, uh, Preston, I'm very curious on what you had to pick.
0: Um. So, I, I guess I'll just do both my recommendation of the week and uh, the song recommendation too. So, movie and song, um, and that is Sunshine, the 2007. I don't think you like this movie, Brian. Do you?
1: Wait, Danny Boyle, Sunshine. Yeah. I love that movie.
0: Okay, good. I I couldn't remember there's somebody I've talked to that just does not like that movie, which is crazy to me, but um so yeah, that I'll get more to that movie in a second, but the song is uh from that movie and it's called The Surface of the Sun by John Murphy. And it's one of the most like hauntingly beautiful songs, like musical scores that I've heard and it's like played in the final moments of the movie. Um and there's quite a few shots throughout Underwater that are, I think Brian would say, directly ripped from it, but I would say pays a little homage to it since Underwater is paying homage to a lot of movies. Um, but uh, there's just like moments where the score of Underwater kind of made me feel like that, or the visuals of it made me feel that um, uh, I-, I just got to be careful of what i say but there's just some particular images in the film that just greatly resemble uh the moments in that movie sunshine uh that use this song the surface of the sun so um i think even the movie the one of the wolverine movies used this in its trailer um and and that got me sucked into wanting to see it a little bit more so um this is a song that I have in my rotation of like random film scores that pop up that just kind of put me in this emotional trance a little bit. Uh, no pun intended for Danny Boyle, but, um, so yeah, that's the song. I don't know if you remember the song, Brian, but, uh, look it up if you have not, uh, if you're unfamiliar or you haven't heard it in a while. Um, and yeah, my movie uh sunshine uh i can remember my favorite film critic when i was growing up is boo allen and he wrote for the denton record chronicle paper that i now write for um he he gave this movie i think three or maybe three and a half stars which doesn't seem like much but knowing him uh he's like he's a very hard grader very he gave out very few like four four and a half five star movies and a lot of times <laughs> i feel like people are reading the paper and going are like this guy just gives four stars to a lot of shit uh, especially during the fall season but um i'm just super selective and at that time he was seeing like so many movies because at that time they were you know was film critic or a culture critic was a full-time gig and now that's kind of died out but that's another conversation um So he gave this movie three stars and I remember reading it and I was like, okay, I got to go see this. Um, and at that point, uh, I guess I was like 17 or yeah, about 17 when, when the sunshine came out. Um, I had seen 28 days later and train spotting, but in beach and, but, uh, Danny Boyle wasn't somebody that was on my radar just yet. Like where I knew his name and I had to familiarize myself with everything that he's done but it was that movie that kind of, that, that put him on my radar. Um, this particular type of film of like a, a space voyage or just some sort of mission that goes awry is my forte. Uh, I love this particular story structure and this is one of my all time favorites. That's just a bit of a copy of alien. Um, and it, just the way that it plays with your head subverts expectations because – I mean you could argue and we'll get into it a little deeper with like underwater where you can say, oh, I know this, this is how it's going to go. But with Sunshine, there's things that happen one moment in particular that takes it from a, a sci-fi movie to a horror movie that just – put a imprint in my mind and makes it one of my all time favorites just because, uh, Danny Boyle's really great at visuals and he's great at, uh, character moments. And this, and sunshine has those moments like jaws where they're sitting around the table and just chatting, um, reflecting on life on earth, what the state of the world is now. And I should say that sunshine is about the, the, the sun is dying and they're on this uh bomb the size of manhattan and they're going to deliver the payload to reignite the sun so if you really think about it scientifically it probably doesn't make that much sense but if you just kind of go with it uh with with what they're giving you i think it's perfectly fine you can go along for the ride and enjoy it for what it is Um, any moments that maybe seem too illogical uh, the characters and how they treat the situation uh, gives it all its gravity and grounds the narrative. Um, so I enjoy the characters, and it jump-started, or at least had a lot of great uh, actors in it at the time, uh, like Chris Evans and uh, Rose Byrne. Uh, what's that guy's name? Hariko. Uh, Her- uh, do you know who I'm talking about? He's he's in... Um,
1: are you talking the, about the
0: captain the, he, he's the yeah captain. yeah he's
1: he he was in i think fear of the walking dead and he's been in a lot of good stuff i know who you're talking about
0: i just don't anyway understand. but yeah there's there's a lot of really great actors in it um and so uh benedict wong he's in it too so um great cast in just great situations terrifying situations and just i I love when space movies or movies that just deal with like vastness of uh whether that's the ocean or in space of just the fear and just looking over the edge and being like oh shit um high life is a movie that does that too so uh sunshine is the one that i'm recommending this week um i kind of want to watch it right now (laughs)
1: There you go. He's going to watch it right now. And I just want to say that my fir- my 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 song by Rocky Erickson Bermuda was my second choice um to pick just because I wanted to pick a song that most people wouldn't know and that they would actually actively search out and see and listen to because my first choice was the easy one, which is Octopus's Garden by the Beatles. <laughs> Just because how it relates to underwater, sure. Because Octopus's Garden—that's a great song. But uh, there's
0: there's another song uh, by this band, indie band called Soak, and they have a song called Sea Creatures, which I guess is really on the nose. But uh, that's immediately what I thought of. But uh, based on everything that I like the most about Underwater, which is mood and feeling, uh, that's I, I wanted to better reflect that so that's why i picked surface of the sun
1: sweet um i like it uh my bloody recommendation uh (laughs) if you're going to do a double feature of underwater um oh you might as well sphere I, you know, he, he he named it right on that second one sphere <laughs> a terrible movie um that deserves to be seen because of its cast and its ridiculous screenplay. Uh, if you remember, this movie came out in 1998, directed by a really good director, Barry Levinson. Uh, the book was written by Michael Crichton, oh my goodness, and it starred Dustin Hoffman, Sharon Stone, Samuel Jackson, Liev Schreiber, Peter Coyote, Queen Latifah, Huey Lewis, oh my god, it's just, it's crazy. So, this movie is about an underwater research team and they're doing stuff underwater and they come across a sphere and it has AI and it's alien-like and it says it's happy and then what if it happens if it's mad? And uh, all of a sudden, all these jellyfish and giant squid and marine life start attacking the crew and it's a whole thing. (sighs) So, if you're in the mood for something like sphere, I mean... I'm going to recommend this movie because of the time Michael Crichton was like real high up on the list from Jurassic Park and you had all these really good actors uh, and it just... When you watch the movie, you can't help but laugh at the entire movie and the terrible screenplay and plot and everything in it. I mean, oh my god, Queen Latifah's in this movie. Which <laughs> just makes me laugh. Uh I I don't get it. I don't get I mean I get this movie, but I how did this movie get made? It's over two hours long and it really is supposed to be the most, the, the brightest minds of the world underwater and trying to figure out what this fear is and what it's trying to do. And oh my goodness. Do you remember this movie, Preston? Oh, yeah,
0: I do. Um, I remember watching Siskel and Ebert, and they had, uh, I remember Ebert said, Roger Ebert said, This movie is really dumb. And it's a whole lot of talking that is just completely uninteresting. No,
1: it, um, is. it is. I think Roger Eber gave it like a one out of four. <laughs> it's really funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I probably say I feel about it the same way that you do. I think that it's really dumb, but uh, I can have fun with it a little bit.
1: Right, right. I mean, I think you could just laugh at this movie because it's so purely silly. based on the cast. And I was like, "Why? Why the hell
0: are all these people in here? All these greats, yet they can just uh, produce this turd."
1: Well, I think it's like you know, this whoever adapted the uh, the screenplay from, uh, yeah, Kurt Wimmer, uh, three writers from the Michael Crichton novel. I think there, it's like it's it's a it's a exploitation movie or a, a, a grindhouse movie at its core really and then you get like a war like oscar winning actors to come in and like try to do it and then when they try to explain the story through the whole film it just oh it just it just falls apart and you're just like oh my god this is terrible i remember seeing it in the theater and I was back then even I I think I was 17 years old and it's like oh god horrible this is laughable man ha and I think I even owned Queen Latifah albums at that time too so I mean I like her music um and Sam Jackson in another water movie so there you go uh but yes uh Sphere and Sunshine uh sunshine being by far the better film but let's move on to our main feature presentation of the week our first of 2020 uh we we trying to figure out if we were going to do this or not just uh, oh my goodness so okay underwater horror film directed by william eubank who gave uh, one of my favorite films of uh, a few years ago, The Signal, a great sci-fi movie that I loved, uh, written by Brian Duffield, Adam Kozad, and starring Kristen Stewart, Vincent Cassell, uh, Jessica Henwick, John Gallagher Jr., T.J. Miller. Um, I'm a fan of some of these people. And then music by Marco Beltrami, which is usually decent. Um, The movie's a quick 90 minutes, which is, thank God. Uh, And the budget was almost $100 million, which is crazy. But, before we get into this, Underwater, what were our expectations for this movie? Now, granted, this is in January. Movies are supposed to be terrible and horrible and awful. Uh, Underwater... Doesn't have a lot going for it. However, watching some of the trailers, I was very intrigued as the trailers to me looked like a little bit of Alien, a little bit of The Descent, Underwater. I was intrigued. My expectations were not great, but I was like, ah, I might enjoy this. Preston, what were your expectations?
0: Uh, I guess my expectations were about the same, that it's, uh, just as you said, a January movie, but it's also a movie that was... Shot three years ago, um, and usually shelved movies outside of like Cabin in the Woods, uh, tend to not be that great. Um, so I was expecting like a, a soggy alien ripoff, and uh, so I, uh, it, it, that's what it was.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so let's, I mean, uh, I'm gonna give you a brief explanation of the plot. Um, Deep in the ocean bottom, the Marina Trench, there is a gigantic company, which is very similar to probably Weyland, uh, Weyland Company from Alien, that are doing research and drilling underneath the sea, underneath the ocean floor, and there's a group of researchers um, that are in an underwater lab, and something happens, it seems like there's an earthquake, Uh, underwater, and a lot of the lab is destroyed underwater, so everybody's running to safety, water's coming in, people are drowning, and then they're trying to get to safety, they're trying to get back up to the surface, only to find out that there's something else living beneath the surface with them. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of the general gist of the movie, and this whole movie is led by Kristen Stewart. Okay, so... General thoughts of the film itself. This is where I think, as of our conversation last night after the movie, where Preston and I, for the first time of 2020, are going to highly differ. So, I guess I'll start. I hated this movie. It was a horrible, horrible, terrible, piece of shit movie. I wanted it to be better. I didn't like really anything about it. Um... First off, uh, the film, the, the the camera shots, the filming of it uh, by William Eubank. I mean, oh my God. Your last movie, actually, like five years ago, The Signal, you haven't done anything until this one, Underwater. I don't know why, but The Signal was so good. And what happened, this movie, that the filming is frantic and chaotic, uh, it doesn't really the editing is all over the place it's hard to figure out in the action sequences what's actually happening um there was tons of instances where the score was so irritating and loud that you could not hear the actors actually talk which is probably a good thing Um, And then any of the actual survivors in this film throughout the movie you just don't care about at all. Kristen Stewart, I was really hoping you would take acting lessons and you didn't. You were blank as a wooden fence like always. In here, I want you to do better because I think you might have something hidden away that... You might be one of the best actresses, but you haven't shown it yet, at least fully, and I think this would have been a good movie for you to shine, and you just kind of blank expression the whole movie. And even actors like Vincent Cassell, who are amazing in movies like uh, Irreversible or Ocean's 12 or anything else he's done, as well as John Gallagher Jr. I love these actors. They're just kind of meh characters. And then... T.J. Miller, back from the dead. Uh, (laughs) I thought he went away, but he's here, and he's supposed to be the comic relief, and allegedly he is, but he doesn't really say anything funny in the movie. He kind of just, like, says things that I was feeling in the movie, like, oh, shit, we shouldn't do this. Oh, my goodness. So that was, like, his thing. Um, And then, yes, there are sea creatures in the movie, and I thought... They looked pretty good But they don't spend a whole lot of time On them And they're super easy to kill It looks like Uh, I don't know I just think this was just I don't see how I really don't see how this movie got made And got an 80 million dollar budget And was actually released Uh, I just really did not have a good time With this movie at all It took itself way too seriously Uh, None of the characters I cared about. And just thank God it was a quick 90 minutes. Uh, Otherwise, I don't know what would have happened. But those are my thoughts on the movie. Um, We'll get into scene specifics. But I think Preston, our dear friend Preston, uh, liked it a little bit more than I did. And I'm curious on his take because I wanted to like it more. Uh, However, I guess in my... Situation. I want to recommend movies because, as film critics, we get to see movies for free usually. And seeing a movie nowadays is twenty dollars a person, if not more. And I can't honestly recommend this to anybody to spend their money on it, uh, let alone spend time with this movie. But that is me. But Preston will probably have a different take on this, and I can't wait to hear it. Preston and I disagree. Uh, Preston. Please, let me have it. <laughs>
0: uh, I wish I could play that back and pause it so I could uh, just uh, have have my rebuttal for everything. Um, I think this is a decent popcorn flick. I uh, So it was funny watching it next to you and then Susan and our good friend, Susan Kamyab. Um, Stevens and... Um, So just me and my critic friends and friends, and we're all just watching this movie, and I'm the only one that walked away liking it. Uh, So, okay, where to begin? Uh, As I kind of hinted at already with my description of Sunshine, uh, going into this movie, just as I said earlier with, you know, it's a January movie, it was made three years ago. But yet, you know, watching the trailer, uh, I feel like there's a little bit more underneath the surface, uh, pun intended, that that it, that intrigued me. That I thought, oh, well, this could be something on the uh, – I'm trying to think of like other January movies that I've liked. I, I think The Grey is probably the best one, but something like uh, – I can't think of what it's called. Maybe like Blackwater or something like that. There's There was, a, there was a, a Jude Law movie uh, – that involved him being the captain of a submarine, and yeah, I thought I for a, for for a January movie, it wasn't that bad. Um, I, I I was kind of saying this as we were leaving, and yeah, that score's pretty loud. So uh, as we were leaving the theater, it was really loud to tell you what I was thinking, but um, it just took me back to when I was maybe fourteen or fifteen. We had a movie tavern in did we still do, and. That's where I grew up, and so it just took me back to like watching movies that are just like kind of mediocre, okay, but yet, oh well. I had a, I still had a, a good time, and then um, I I will admit, probably watching this movie, I'm gonna forget about it next month. Um, but for for what it is, um, and yeah, uh, I I had a pretty de- decent time with it. Um, so the things that I, I liked most about it was the, the mood and the atmosphere of it um, So as it started with like this rolling credits kind of thing where it's just doing uh, all the Studios and it goes down and it has, has you know It's a very simple title underwater very on the nose, but just the way that it looks obviously it's paying homage to alien there um, but it just jumps right into it, and that's what I appreciated about it. I was like, okay, cool. I don't really need to uh, know these characters. It can be something like 1917, where uh, in that – I'm not – 1917 is a really great movie, and this one's just okay. Um, but just pick up certain things about the characters as we go. And um, – I, I will admit, I hated that it starts and ends with narration and then, like, all these Harry Potter like uh, newspaper clippings and stuff like that. I think all that's dumb. I think I would have cut some things out of it because as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, I love this kind of premise, but there's things that I would have done differently. But, you know, I, I have to say that when I was watching it, uh, there are certain scenes all throughout where I thought, he, this is pretty effective. I'm feeling the thrill here. I'm feeling the intensity of this situation. Like the opening itself, I thought was pretty well done, just like a quiet moment. If I would have removed the narration, it would have been cool because I believe in subtlety. Um, and so it's like Kristen Stewart in this uh, brushing her teeth with just like a sports bra on and then uh, water begins to drip and then the shit hits the fan. Things are beginning to uh, you know implode. And so she's trying to run and then there's maybe other people along the way and you have to get to a next corridor. So it's reminiscent of a lot of films. I'm thinking like Deep Blue Sea as well when they're stuck down in that little thing and trying to get their way to the top. But Sometimes it involves going lower before you can get to the top um so it would have been cool if they had taken a sunshine approach where it was uh just a earthquake type thing and then later on in the movie the twist could have been that there was monsters in it but we know going into it that it has monsters in it. So I I wonder like how much more of an impact it would have had if we had not known that. And it just would have been, Hey, it's a movie with Kristen Stewart and these other people that you may recognize and, uh, could be in just them trying to simply get to the surface. And I think the movie could have worked like that if it didn't even have, uh, sea creatures in it at all. But, I think there's things that you did say in your review, Brian, that I agree with. I think the score at times can be very loud. I think some of the dialogue can be very dumb. Um, There's, uh, yeah, as you said, with some of the editing, especially when they're like walking in their little diver suits, um, I I think it's probably some sort of effect that they're putting on the camera to – Show that they're uh, Trying to cover up some The money that they didn't have Essentially um, To make it look better but Which is weird they're...
1: because it's a huge budget though Like 80 million dollars Like It seems like they would have done that I don't know Where did the money go? <laughs> uh, I'm
0: sure uh, All the little moments That are all throughout But they just had to do something To kind of uh, Polish it In a way That didn't do it Too many favors but there, there are moments like within that that, uh, like like what I was saying earlier with Sunshine, where they you know look over the edge and you just see the the scariness of of space or underwater, and there's like a shot of them flashing their lights and you just see all these uh, particles like in the water. Um, that made me feel claustrophobic and there's a sequence where they're, as you, I think we're hinting at with the descent kind of feel where they crawl through a space and it's uh, scary. There's like a, there's one moment where there's a body within that and it was, it delivered a pretty good jump scare. And then the moment following that moment where there's another guy that just kind of crawling past it where the woman is dead looking right at the dude. And that's super intense. Um, so I have to admit that there are – I have to give the film some credit for delivering some moments that are intense and scary. Um, uh, so I, I, would give it, I would give it that at the very, very least. But I think there are some other moments that are kind of quiet um, that reminded me of some of my favorite moments from Sunshine, uh, especially toward the end. And then there's a, a, a big reveal that I, I won't spoil – um, toward the end where I actually got really excited, uh, by what I saw. Um, so, uh, I, 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 overall, I think it's, it's, it's fine. I, 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 I won't disagree with you about characterization, dialogue, things like that, but I just kind of knew that going in that it was going to be like that. I wasn't trying to put it on a a higher platform to, put it right next to alien because uh i think it's pretty easy to do that but i think for just what it is um i it's it's a fine popcorn flick
1: yeah i i I don't even think it's a fine popcorn flick i think it's uh watching it when you said like there was like the jump scares but i think it after the first or second same jump scare and after the second or third person died the exact same way it just got redundant we're doing the same thing we get it walking down a dark hallway underwater yeah a big crescendo in the music and something comes at you it just it's the same thing and it just i, I don't think
0: people died the same way
1: a couple people right a couple people exploded in their suit right <laughs>
0: Uh, well, one, one did base. Okay. Uh, so probably by the time this is going to run, I feel, should we, are we going to do a spoiler section? Because it's really hard.
1: No, not yeah. Why, why nobody's going to see this movie. So,
0: <laughs> okay. All right, so at, this, at this official time, I'm saying, seeing it, Brian's saying no, um,
1: Yeah, do not waste your money on this movie whatsoever. <laughs> okay.
0: I say it, it's a f- fine palate cleanser. Admit the award season. Um, so we're gonna get in the spoilers. So, yeah, one person, the first guy, uh, admittedly black, uh, dies first, <laughs> um, just like so Queen Latifah. In the spear.
1: It's so and just like Samuel L. Jackson in many movies. It's just it. I don't know if it's like a running joke in Hollywood or if it's just like, but it's a thing. It's so weird to me. I,
0: I can just imagine the filmmaker being like, "No." well there's these white people running in the hallway um but the first character that we get where we actually get to know him a little bit more and he has a a moment to just re- really have some time on screen but um i think the, regardless of the color of his skin but the it's still uh, an effective scene to me because i i like kristen stewart i think she's great in some movies past uh, registering her solely with uh twilight uh with some of the movies that she's done with olivier uh, uh what's his name alas Alases, or whatever he's done like the cloud of uh sills maria and i'm probably butchering all these titles but um personal shopper she's done some good work that i've liked um uh cafe society Um, so I, am a fan of her. Um, I think for this particular kind of role, it, it, it requires her to be a little bit more, uh, robotic in a way, kind of like Ryan Gosling in first man or something like that. I feel like these missions, like the, the emotion has to be removed a little bit because, um, and I think there's a little bit of struggle there. Um, and I think she shows it a bit, um, because you know there will be a scene with like Vincent Cassell where he's like, "You, you need to stop thinking about who just died because you need to be able to just move and press on, and you can uh, grieve later." Um, so I, I I liked that because I felt like that would be my reaction within the moment because I would my my own uh, how, how can I say it? Uh, I I would probably just think about the 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 weight of death uh throughout and that would probably cause me to die because i would just be thinking about oh I, I don't deserve to live if these other people didn't uh, didn't die and, and it would just cause me to be distracted and i would just die um and so i i i liked that about the film and i just in some of the other death scenes with uh the captain uh sacrificing himself which i expected to happen uh i knew it was going to be later on in the film
1: in but a i think explosion <laughs> yeah
0: um because he had yeah oh.
1: he
0: he explodes and then it has that that same kind of moment from like space films where you have to detach where he's like please just let me go um yeah that that's all to be expected but i think i i liked that he had um that Kristen Stewart's character would say, well, you have, you have a, you have a wife, you have, you have a child. And that's, that's the reason to move on. But yet we didn't, we don't know until later on that uh, his daughter is dead and he just, he, he doesn't have much to live for as much uh, or, or seemingly as what some of the other characters believe. Um, So I liked that there's like these little, Uh, moments here and there where they would, uh, twist, uh, the cliche or the trope a little bit, just bring a little bit more to some of those things that are to be expected.
1: Yeah, but it didn't make sense. They didn't like, they didn't with with that specific thing about the daughter dying. I mean, you clearly saw that coming from the first time they mentioned the daughter And it's never brought up again until Kristen Stewart sees like the memorial card and you're just like, oh, who gives a shit?
0: Well, maybe I'm not that smart because I was not expecting uh, that particular reveal. Um, Really? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my Uh, goodness. So I wasn't. So I felt like that was sprinkled the right amount. Otherwise, I think you would suspect it a little bit more
1: okay i i I told us like oh that that daughter's dead, and then uh I did every th- i feel like i, I wanted to g- see I
0: was thinking more of like this guy is losing his marbles a little bit because of the situation at hand
1: no i I just uh thought like when they first said like oh she because he brought it up like oh your daughter my daughter's fourteen he's like, no, she'd be my age now and he's like, oh 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 yeah and I just figured like oh He's hiding something, she died, and he doesn't want to say it. And, of course, that's what happens. But I want to give the director, William Eubank, the benefit of the doubt. This dude, I mean, the the movie The Signal was so good. Sci-fi, everything. It had horror in it. Came out in 2014. He has not done anything since then until this movie. And I don't know if it was...
0: Well, he he. Well, this was shot three years ago, so he made it pretty quickly after the signal. But I think it was just the struggle of trying to get this one out. I don't know if it had to deal with T.J. Miller or, or or what, or tried to get what he needed, and then at that point, uh, what is this? 20th Century Fox could have been the Disney Fox deal. I have no idea. There's probably so many factors.
1: Interesting. So yeah, I guess, yeah, it was, yeah, it was filming in April of 2017. So, uh, so yeah, I guess it took a few years, but however, I just want to think, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like this probably was a better movie somewhere somehow and producers and studio definitely messed it up and they made it PG 13 and which is terrible. Yeah,
0: it, it probably should have been rated R for sure.
1: Yeah, because there's a lot of moments. I mean, so there's one moment that I actually thought was decent. However, they uh, they screwed it up. Even then, it's when they're they're trying to all these survivors underwater, are walking on the ocean floor, and they're trying to get to this other research base that's not damaged. And right before they get into the door there are tons of these horrific-looking creatures just asleep, dangling like vampires from a, like a scaffolding underwater. And they have to walk through them without sound or um, lights. And in this moment, it's very quiet. They're trying not to do anything. And in this moment, finally in the movie, we're like, oh, there's some sort of suspense. There's some sort of scariness to it, but then they screw it up when things wake up, and it just, it's just, it's so bad. Like, everywhere they try to do something good in this movie. In my opinion, they failed uh, up until the very end. Uh, I had my good friend Dan Moran, who you know from Fantastic Fest, see it last night as well at the press screening, and he said uh, that the guy behind him... Uh, applauded when the movie ended because it finally ended. <laughs> and I I mean that's kind of how I feel. I'm just so glad that this was a short film and I I respect Preston's nostalgic view. I want to see this as a popcorn film as it is, but I have I had no fun doing it. Like in popcorn movies I like to have fun. I know they're bad, but I think this movie really tried to take itself Way too seriously, and there's a lot of mythology in this movie and something that you could explore these creatures with, but nothing is talked about them. Like, even in movies like Alien, when they first deal with them, they talk about them. You get to see, like, how they live and, like, how their bodies act. And here it's just kind of like there's a monster. You have to get away from it or it will kill you, and that's it. Um, and then the big reveal at the end where there's, like, a you know, Cloverfield-style monster underneath. uh, It just... I I don't know. Uh, I just think... I I, want to say that this movie, there was, like, two and a half hours worth of script here, and they cut it down to a PG-13, like, uh, fully edited version, which didn't play well. Um, So I'm curious if there was more to it, because, again, William Eubank giving us The Signal was a damn good movie, I just don't know what happened here. Um, so
0: yeah, I'm curious for what the story will be because I, I I totally agree that there's there's a much better movie here, but just just looking at the circumstances, I I, I just kind of took it as as it was. I, I'm sure there's a lot of studio meddling in it. I wonder if even the studio is like. Put that narration in there. Put all these little newspaper clippings. Put all these little moments that gives the audience more because we don't trust that they're smart enough to figure these things out on their own, um, which is very sad because I I think for a movie like this, they thrive when they have those quiet moments. And if it just had, even didn't use much score at all, just maybe use like atmospheric sounds because that's what made Alien so great is when it's like crawling up in the corridors and then... Uh, look at flashing a light up there. And then all you just hear is just dripping noises from liquids and, uh, metal and things like that echoes. I think it really could have been something if it had done that, uh, totally admit that. But I, uh, I, so I'm a little saddened that you got to reveal the, the big monster because I actually, that was the moment that I was referring to where I got like really excited by, um, because I liked the, because at that point they're going into Aliens, uh, James Cameron's uh, movie more so with like all the eggs there, all the sea creatures there, um, and then the reveal of the mother. Uh, I just thought that was pretty, pretty cool. Um, so I, I, my opinion's on the other end. That's all I can really say.
1: Okay, I, I mean going back to that narration at the beginning and the ending of the movie, just, it was unnecessary. Stupid. The dialogue Hated was that. terrible. It meant nothing. And then the end shot of Kristen Stewart in slow-mo with water focusing on her face. I'm just like, really? Oh my goodness. See, I like this that. That's, so that's bad. the,
0: that's the sunshine moment to me. Like when she's getting, uh, definitely nowhere near as good as, uh, the moment where, uh, sorry, at this point I am spoiling sunshine. um,
1: where it's been Killian out for Murphy 15
0: years. <laughs> is uh, well I recommended it. There's probably some people hadn't seen it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the the moment where they deliver the payload, but they're all doomed, they're all gonna die. Um he's like looking at the sun dead on, and it's like accepting uh, just finding beauty within your own demise. And I I appreciated the attempt at it. I kind of liked that it that it had that that moment to linger. But I, I'd probably say it's a bit of a, a tonal issue. As you said, there are moments where it takes itself too seriously, where it just needs to be a little more ironed out to be its own little thing. But uh, maybe I just, I, I, I liked those moments and I, I sucked on them. Um, so uh, I, I liked that.
1: It's, but with Sunshine, I feel like everything's earned. Like there's oh I agree good development in underwater it was there's
0: good characters there's there's more suspense right uh, because there's uh, shit going on on board more so than just a, situ- a scary situation um, and that's what elevates it and that's what could have elevated this uh, no doubt and I, I and again I I probably would say that it was the studio saying uh, we need to have more compassion. For Kristen Stewart, so we need to put this narration at the beginning. I could be completely wrong, and it was in the script the entire time, and that would be pretty unfortunate. Uh, going off, of, I haven't seen the signal, but uh, going off of what you said, uh, goes against everything that he does well in that film. You but, haven't seen the signal yet? I haven't seen it. I've oh, seen the poster. Preston. I love the poster.
1: Oh, Preston. If you like sci-fi, see that movie. And there's even horrorness, horror aspects to that, too. It just... It, oh, I loved it. Um, all right. So, with Underwater, <laughs> my recommend, my overall recommendation is not to see it. If you want to wait till Netflix for this movie, don't pay for it. But I think Preston has a different side of the story.
0: I think if uh, I think there's a lot of awards-worthy movies that you should be seeing right now, and if you haven't seen them, go see them. But if you're all caught up and you're addicted to uh, cinema, like like Brian and I are, and we've already seen them all, um, I, like I said, I think it's it's a fine palate cleanser. I, I, that's what I look for um, in the January season. I need something that's a little dumb um but has like some moments of surprise and thrills and uh and i got that from this film so i'm okay with saying i recommend this one um you, so f- if you're like that go see it in the theater otherwise it's probably best for watching it at home i think but um there, there's just some visuals i think that look pretty cool on the big screen
1: there you go, there you go. It is Preston and Brian our, our first disagreement of the year. Which uh, which I guess must say it's very rare, actually. <laughs> you sure?
0: I think our lives are more like a marriage story. <laughs>
1: We're gonna have the argument. <laughs> uh, um, I'm young and in my twenties. about in my twenties. Oh, so good. Let's talk about that movie. No, um, we'll be back next week for sure. Um, I do believe we have a uh special episode coming up in the next couple weeks with uh, Nathan Johnson, uh, the composer for movies like Knives Out and Looper, um. That will be coming up in a couple weeks. We're hoping to have them on the show. And, uh, yeah, a few other surprises here and there coming up. But, yeah, we will be back next week with more goodness, more horror for you on My Bloody Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Radio, and Spotify. Look us up. Um, we're very excited. And next week we will be getting back to our Mondo section. In uh, Death Waltz record section as well as our bloody question, we're very excited and we hope that we have James Cole Clay on at some point, many times throughout the year, as well as Mark Taffordini. I'm Brian Kluger with BoomstickComics.com and HighDefDigest.com. You can find me on YouTube as well. Just type in Brian Kluger and you can find some funny ass videos, including the most recent Best of 2019. Movies video, where I'm sure you will get a belly laugh at some point for sure. Uh, Yes, and then Preston Barta, the man of the hour, the man of the week, the man of the year. He can be found all over the internet where?
0: You're absolutely right. I'm so much the man of the year that my opinion is right about underwater. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You can find me on D E in tonrccom where most of my uh writing uh, can be found blu-ray reviews theatrical reviews that sort of thing this week it's just mercy in the movie three Christs with walton goggins um love walton goggins Jesus. Uh, and then good one um and then I'm also the features editor of FreshFiction.tv, Fiction uh, posting all kinds of stuff by other people, Clinton Cole and uh, Courtney Howard. Uh, oh yeah, something else I didn't bring up. We're talking about Escape from LA. Uh, one of my one of our writers at Fresh Fiction, Courtney Howard, her husband who uh, write who's a screenwriter and. Uh, one of his earliest jobs was being a PA on Escape from LA, and he uh, drove around Peter Fonda and things like that. So um, let's get I, him w- on
1: the show <laughs>
0: uh, whenever uh, whenever the Blu-ray comes out in April. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping to chat with him a little bit. He's he worked he's done some Disney stuff too, which is kind of cool.
1: Very cool. Very 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 cool. That's awesome. We should get him on the show. The, the PA. That'd be awesome to talk <laughs> yeah. about that. That'd be great. Like like you know like you you have all these you know executives and top people on the movie, but it'd be cool to talk to somebody like as a production assistant on a movie like that and get yeah, their I perspective. To,
0: I, I've noticed throughout the years that the best conversations that I have are with producers or somebody who's maybe not the like that title is not the most Uh, prestigious title like editor or uh, cinematographer blah 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 Uh, you can find some of the most interesting stories because uh, maybe there's like a particular attitude or something that they notice because they you you know what I mean so I I, I hope that um, yeah that I can chat with them
1: No, no let's do it let's get them on the show man okay let's do that that'd be awesome All right. Uh, Yeah. My bloody podcast. We'll be back. We love you and happy new year 2020.